0: section three of aspects of love an anthology this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony addison symposium by plato translated by benjamin jowett indeed i am not going to attack you said Eryximachus, for I thought your speech charming, and did I not know that Agaton and Socrates are masters in the art of love? I should be really afraid that they would have nothing to say after the world of things which have been said already, but for all that I am not without hopes. Socrates said, You played your part well, Eryximachus, "'But if you were as I am now, or rather as I shall be when Agaton has spoken, "'you would indeed be in a great strait.' "'You want to cast a spell over me, Socrates,' said Agaton, "'in the hope that I may be disconcerted at the expectation raised among the audience that I shall speak well. "'I should be strangely forgetful, Agathon replied socrates at the courage and magnanimity which you showed when your own compositions were about to be exhibited and you came upon the stage with the actors and faced the vast theatre altogether undismayed if i thought that your nerves could be fluttered at a small party of friends do you think socrates said agathon my head is so full of the theatre as not to know how much more formidable to a man of sense a few good judges are than many fools nay replied socrates i should be very wrong in attributing to you agathon that or any other want of refinement and i am quite aware that if you happen to meet with any whom you thought wise, you would care for their opinion much more than for that of the many. But then we, having been a part of the foolish many in the theatre, cannot be regarded as the select wise, though I know that if you chanced to be in the presence, not of one of ourselves, but of some really wise man, you would be ashamed of disgracing yourself before him, would you not? yes said agathon but before the many you would not be ashamed if you thought that you were doing something disgraceful in their presence here phaedrus interrupted them saying do not answer him my dear agathon for if he can only get a partner with whom he can talk especially a good-looking one he will no longer care about the completion of our plan now i love to hear him talk but just at present i must not forget the encomium on love which i ought to receive from him and from every one when you and he have paid your tribute to the god then you may talk very good phaedrus said agathon i see no reason why I should not proceed with my speech, as I shall have many other opportunities of conversing with Socrates. Let me say first how I ought to speak, and then speak. The previous speakers, instead of praising the God-love or unfolding his nature, appear to have congratulated mankind on the benefits which he confers upon them. But I would rather praise the God first and then speak of his gifts. This is always the right way of praising everything. May I say, without impiety or offence, that of all the blessed gods He is the most blessed, because he is the fairest and best, and he is the fairest, for in the first place he is the youngest, and of his youth he is himself the witness, fleeing out of the way of age, who is swift enough, swifter truly than most of us like. Love hates him, and will not come near him. But youth and love live and move together, like to like, as the proverb says. Many things were said by Phaedrus about love, in which I agree with him. But I cannot agree that he is older than Iepetus and Cronos. Oh, not so. I maintain him to be the youngest of the gods and youthful ever. The ancient doings among the gods, of which Hesiod and Parmenides spoke, if the tradition of them be true, were done of necessity and not of love. Had love been in those days, there would have been no chaining or mutilation of the gods or other violence but peace and sweetness as there is now in heaven since the rule of love began love is young and also tender he ought to have a poet like homer to describe his tenderness as homer says of ate that she is a goddess and tender. Her feet are tender, for she sets her steps not on the ground but on the heads of men. Herein is an excellent proof of her tenderness, that she walks not upon the hard but upon the soft. Let us adduce a similar proof of the tenderness of love, for he walks not upon the earth, nor yet upon the skulls of men, which are not so very soft, but in the hearts and souls of both gods and men, which are of all things the softest. In them... He walks and dwells and makes his home. Not in every soul without exception, For where there is hardness he departs, Where there is softness there he dwells, And, nestling always with his feet, and in all manner of ways in the softest of soft places how can he be other than the softest of all things of a truth he is the tenderest as well as the youngest and also he is of flexile form for if he were hard and without flexure he could not enfold all things or wind his way into and out of every soul of man undiscovered and a proof of his flexibility and symmetry of form is his grace which is universally admitted to be in an especial manner the attribute of love ungrace and love are always at war with one another The fairness of his complexion is revealed by his habitation among the flowers. For he dwells not amid bloomless or fading beauties, whether of body or soul or aught else, but in the place of flowers and scents, there he sits and abides. Concerning the beauty of the God, I have said enough, and yet there remains much more which I might say. Of his virtue I have now to speak. His greatest glory is that he can neither do nor suffer wrong to or from any God or any man, for he suffers not by force if he suffers. Force comes not near him, neither when he acts does he act by force. For all men in all things serve him of their own free will, and where there is voluntary agreement, there, as the laws which are the lords of the city say, is justice. And not only is he just, but exceedingly temperate, for temperance is the acknowledged ruler of the pleasures and desires, and no pleasure ever masters love. He is their master, and they are his servants, and if he conquers them, he must be temperate indeed. As to courage, even the god of war is no match for him he is the captive and love is the lord for love the love of aphrodite masters him as the tale runs and the master is stronger than the servant and if he conquers the bravest of all others he must be himself the bravest. Of his courage and justice and temperance I have spoken, but I have yet to speak of his wisdom, and according to the measure of my ability I must try to do my best. In the first place he is a poet, and here, like Eric I magnify my art, and he is also the source of poesy in others, which he could not be if he were not himself a poet. And at the touch of him, everyone becomes a poet, even though he had no music in him before. This also is a proof that love is a good poet, and accomplished in all the fine arts. For no one can give to another that which he has not himself, or teach that of which he has no knowledge. Who will deny that the creation of the animals is his doing? Are they not all the works of his wisdom, born and begotten of him? And as to the artists, do we not know that he only of them? whom love inspires, has the light of fame. He whom love touches not walks in darkness. The arts of medicine and archery and divination were discovered by Apollo under the guidance of love and desire, so that he too is a disciple of love, Also the melody of the Muses, the metallurgy of Hephaestus, the weaving of Athene, the empire of Zeus over gods and men, are all due to love, who was the inventor of them. And so love set in order the empire of the gods, the love of beauty as is evident, for with deformity love has no concern. In the days of old, as I began by saying, dreadful deeds were done among the gods, for they were ruled by necessity, but now, since the birth of love, and from the love of the beautiful, has sprung every good in heaven and earth. Therefore, Phaedrus, I say of love, that he is the fairest and best in himself, And the cause of what is fairest and best In all other things. And there comes into my mind A line of poetry In which he is said to be the God who Gives peace on earth And calms the stormy deep, Who stills the wind And bids the sufferer sleep. This is he, who empties men of disaffection, and fills them with affection, who makes them to meet together at banquets such as these. In sacrifices, feasts, dances, he is our Lord, who sends courtesy and sends away discourtesy, who gives kindness ever and never gives unkindness, the friend of the good, The wonder of the wise the amazement of the gods desired by those who have no part in him and precious to those who have the better part in him parent of delicacy luxury desire fondness softness grace regardful of the good regardless of the evil in every word work wish fear, saviour, pilot, comrade, helper, glory of gods and men, leader best and brightest, in whose footsteps let every man follow, sweetly singing in his honour and joining in that sweet strain with which love charms the souls of God, and men, such is the speech, by dress half playful, yet having a certain measure of seriousness, which, according to my ability, I dedicate to the god. End of section three.